0: I'm glad that God's word reminds us of the faithfulness of God. Now at the end of the service today, we're going to do the Lord's Supper and enjoy and celebrate together remembering our Lord's death. And he said to do this until he comes. So we want to do that. I don't like to do it too often because I feel like it loses some of its significance if it gets to be something that we do too often. But I want it to be spaced far enough apart that we'll remember just how special and how precious that is. I've been thinking a lot lately about these latter years of ministry that the Lord is giving to me and how I want them to um, be spent. And I've thought about all of the hundreds I don't know how many classes I have taken through the years. Um, I I have no way of knowing It's a lot of them. After going through um, a lot of school, going through taking classes always about how to better yourself, how to grow stronger churches, how to be relevant and all of these different things and they all certainly have a place. I've preached tens of thousands of sermons I wish I'd kept up with how many sermons I've preached and how many funerals I've done and how many weddings I've done. But you know, uh, that's my wife's department. She's a very organized person, me, I just do it. And so therefore you get down at the end and you don't know how many you've done or anything else. And it really doesn't matter, God knows. And that's the, really the thing that counts. But I really would like to do, go through a series i I've kind of winding it down some as far as the emotional involvement physically goes. And I want to be more on a teaching type, on a teaching type platform. I want to talk today about increase because I think it's one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible Some people have taken it totally out of context. Some people have used it as their, almost like their podium to speak from for all of their life, and have taken it to extremes. That I want to be able to um, hopefully give us a better understanding of the Word of God. And I want to begin probably uh, several Sundays in a row of dealing with how we can release the blessings on our lives. But I want to start today in just talking about the simple word increase. And I know that many times we have taken that to to, um, mean that and a lot of people just really went overboard with that teaching thinking that if you just say it and believe it hard enough, it's going to happen. I've heard people foolishly declare, when I get home today, there's going to be a new car sitting in my garage. And I really believe that. Well, when they got home, there was not a car sitting in their garage that was new, unless they bought it. And, and therefore, people's misunderstanding of Scripture sometimes will lead us down a dead-end road, and then the disappointment that we have to face because it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. We have to then deal with the disappointment that comes with it. So I think it would do well, we would do well to remember what the Bible says and how God deals with those things. I wanna begin today by reading a verse of scripture out of Genesis chapter 12. And I wanna read verses one, verses two, Then go to chapter 17 and read verse two and six. Genesis chapter 12 and verse two. And the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house to a land that I will show thee. I want you to show, I want you to see now what God's plan for Abraham was. I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So God is telling Abram, now this is a brand new, there are no churches. This is a word directly from God to a man who has just come to a knowledge of God, and God had spoken to him to get up out of the land of his kindred, and these were the promises that God had given to Abram. I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will multiply you exceedingly. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Can you imagine what it must have felt like for Abram to receive those words from the Lord. Because it was a relatively new thing for him to be able to have a conversation with God. Can you imagine what it might have felt like to be out there one day just doing your work and the Lord just begins to speaking to you in an audible voice, which is the way of course that he dealt to a large degree with Abram. I want you to know that the Bible is a Bible and a book that teaches about increase. Whatever God touches, increases. The Lord, when He made this earth, He didn't make it a dead, dull, dried up earth. He made a world teeming with life. I mean, He made all kinds of animals. and. He made all kinds of fish of the sea and I'm still amazed that we've got these cameras now that that show the different kinds of, of fish that live way down deep in the ocean that's almost beyond where anybody can go. What a beautiful colors that they are and how God's plan and God's desire was always that we would be people of life, of color, of all different kinds of varieties. That was God's plan. He even told man, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. When he made the animals. He told them to go out and increase and have after their own kind, have other animals. I want you to see that because I wanted you to understand that God never planned for us to dry up and become a nothing and a nobody. God never planned for the human race to even have that kind of thought process that, well, I think I'm just going to wait until the end comes and then I'll pass on away. No, God wants us to be alive and full of energy and full of excitement, as long as there's breath in our body, we need to be reaching out to the next mountain and reaching up to the higher dimension and believing that God's got something better for us. If I did not believe that, I'd be sitting in my, under my carport in my rocking chair right now, letting the cool breeze blow on me. But I still believe that there's better out there. I still believe that even at the age that I am now, that God hasn't finished with me yet. I still believe that there are mountains to climb. I still believe that there are trees that need to be cut. I still believe that there are things that need to be done that He has equipped me uniquely for that particular situation. Same thing goes for you. Don't ever look at yourself in a downward fashion and think that God does not have good stuff in store for you. The Word says, For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Glory to God. And I'm glad that those are His plans. So we cannot just go through life And believe that, that, you know, we've got nothing to offer. As long as there is breath in your body, you've got something to offer. And the kingdom of God, even if you're immobile, even if you're a, a quadriplegic, even if you can't move your limbs, you can still pray. You can still think about the Lord. You can think about His goodness and call on the name of the Lord. But I believe that God still has great plans for us to do. Jesus went through a lot of tough places too. The multitudes left him. His disciples went off and decided they were going in a different direction. He was arrested. He was falsely accused. He was crucified and he was all, even though all of those things happened, he he still believed that increase was in his future. Hallelujah. I mentioned to you earlier that the reason Jesus didn't allow him to kill him before his time, he had to go to the cross. He had to become a curse for us. Hallelujah. And by becoming a curse for us, he took our curse upon himself. And now we don't bear the burden of the curse anymore. Hallelujah. But he has made us free from the curse by the blood of Jesus Christ who became sin for me, that I don't have to live in sin for the remainder of my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God in Philippians chapter two, verses seven through nine. Jesus made himself of no reputation, the word says, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death on the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. Amen. That Jesus found it necessary at some point to humble himself and become as a man. Have you ever thought about that Jesus did not have to come into this earth? He did not have to die, but because he loved this creation. Remember whenever Adam and Eve sinned, there was a wall of petition between us and God so that God could not communicate with us. We had to have someone who would love us, who had a relationship with God and who would love us and redeem us and that's exactly what Jesus did. Hallelujah. So we'll talk about the ways that God wants us to increase. Number one, God wants us to increase in our knowledge of Him. There's a lot of people who can quote you a lot of scriptures. There's a lot of people who know a lot about God, but they don't know God. They can tell you a lot about Jesus. They can quote those favorite verses of scripture that they have committed to memory throughout the years. And they will amaze you at their ability and their knowledge of scriptures. And you will think they're the greatest person in the world spiritually, but you soon find out they don't really, really know Jesus. There's a difference in knowing about Him and knowing Him. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, saith the Lord. Glory to God. He says if you're going to rejoice in something, don't rejoice in what you know. Don't rejoice in what you have. Rejoice in the fact that you know Jesus. Remember when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two? They're 70 and they came back to him. They were so excited because they said, we were able to lay hands on the sick and they recover. We were able to cast out demons in your name. Isn't that awesome? Jesus said, Don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written down in heaven. That's what we rejoice about. We don't rejoice because we can sing a song or teach a class. We don't rejoice because we know something someone else may not know, but we rejoice in the fact that we have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and that makes us an heir of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I'm trying to control myself, believe you me. John chapter 17, verse 3. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 in the Amplified. Love this. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of this person more strongly and more clearly. Glory to God. He said, that's exactly what my purpose is in the King James says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. That there are ways and there are times that I must learn how to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. The great man is not the man who walks with a straight back and he always is exuding an air of confidence. Unless... That confidence is in the name of the Lord because that's where our strength comes from. We need to learn to know God. We need to understand that knowing God will take you through the darkest hours of your worst night. We need to know that knowing God, you'll be able to follow your loved ones to the grave. And yet you know that they've gone on into a better home and a better place because of your relationship with God. Oh, that I may know him and the resurrection, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 1 Verses 9 and 10, and I know I'm reading a lot of Scripture because I don't know how to validate anything any better than to validate it with the Word of God. That's the greatest authority I know. It isn't because I feel that way. There's been a lot of people who have been led down a wrong road because they followed somebody who was preaching by what they feel and what they think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't even matter what you think. What matters is what the Word of God declares because that's what we are going to be judged by and that's what we stand for forever. Make sure, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. The New Living Translation says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. If you understand God, then the way that you live will honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better and better. Hallelujah. That says, as I learn more about God, (laughs) as I follow him day by day and become more aware of the way he does things. I've been in this way a long time. I hadn't always made good decisions and I have fallen flat on my face, but I'm so glad that there was a loving God who could reach down and pick me up. And I've learned through the years that no mountain is too high for God, and no valley is too low for God. He can reach to the height, and He can reach to the lowest depth. He is God Almighty, and the more I know about Him, the more I appreciate Him. (laughs) And the more I know about Him, the more I know I can talk to Him. I drive along in my truck sometimes, and I'm just talking away. And I know people that stop by me. They say, who in the world is that man talking to in that, by, in that truck? Well, I tell you who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my Lord and my Savior. I don't have to wait until I bow on my knees in the altar at the church to pray. I can pray all the time. I can pray anywhere. I can pray in every situation. My God is an awesome God. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do my God is an awesome God. Hallelujah. And the more I know him, the better I can serve him. Hallelujah. I like that old song we used to sing it gets sweeter, sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. And it really does. Hallelujah. I get amazed sometimes at the people that say, well, you, you know, you just really can't know God. After all, God's so much higher than we are and you know God works in mysterious ways his wonder to perform you know that's what the Bible says no the Bible doesn't say that it's a wonderful saying but that scripture's not in the Bible now you spend all afternoon looking for it if you want to it's not there he does work in mysterious ways his wonders to perform sometimes but that's not a scripture if God never intended for us to know him, and I know there are, there are religions out there that won't let you read the Bible. They don't want you to read the Bible. You might discover something that they don't know. So they don't want you to read the Bible. They will tell you what they want you to know. And if you can't, if you can't do it in some, whatever language it is they're doing, You're just in the dark. So you totally have to go by what somebody else tells you. If God had never intended for man to understand him, why did he send his son to die for us? Why did he give us the Bible? Why did he give us 66 love letters sent directly to us that we could know him, that we could understand him, that we could be brought into fellowship with him. I just got a feeling the Lord really likes for us to know something about him. And the more I know him, hallelujah, he has inspired the scriptures, he sent the Holy Spirit on this earth, that he would bring to our remembrance everything that the Lord had commanded us. And I just got a feeling, if he didn't want us to know him, he wouldn't have given us all of that stuff so we could know him. Glory to God. I need to hurry up. Number two, God wants us to increase in godliness. Yes, amen. God spoke of an increase of lawlessness in the last days. In Matthew 14 and/or 24 and 12. He said, in the last days, there would be a lawless time. Men would love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. And then the Bible talks about though in in 1 Peter, chapter five and seven through chapter five and verse seven in chapter one, he talks about we could add to our faith virtue, add to our faith patience, add to our faith all of these things that we can get more and more involved and become more godly in our walk with God. It, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm living a godly life. You're not, you're not taking credit for that. You're saying, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Glory to God. All of my strength and all of my hope is in Him, but I'm following gladly after Him. You'll be the first one that would bow on your knees at the altar and declare that you are a nothing and a nobody without Jesus. When I first went off to Bible college, one of the very first things that our Bible teacher told us, he said, when you take Christ out of the word Christian, you've got three letters, I-A-N. He said that stands for I am nothing. If you take Christ out of Christian, there's nothing left. It isn't about how you can look holy. It isn't about how you can appear to be holy. It is about how you walk in humility and walk in humbleness before God, ready to serve your fellow man, ready to reach out to those who need the help that you can offer. That's how we become more godly. Not by strutting around with everybody, making them think you're the big boss, but by humbling yourself. The Bible says he that is greatest among you must be the servant of all. So we increase in our godliness. Number three, God wants us to increase in our love toward one another. This is a place sometimes where we're lacking a lot because we feel like we are so elevated in our relationship with God and we are living on such a high level of spirituality that we really don't have time to bother with the lower class Of Christian folk and that is a serious mistake we are to love one another even as God for Christ's sake hath loved us we're to forgive one another are you good enough that you don't ever have to have anybody to forgive you of anything I tell you one thing you better learn when you get married if you're not there you better learn how to forgive one another you don't even wait for them to ask you because you love them, you forgive them. Immediately. Completely. You don't use it as ammunition. I'm going to store that back there till I need it. Then I'm going to throw it against you. No. If you love the Lord, and if you love that person, we're going to completely and forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgives us. Hallelujah. That's what we're exhorted to do. We're to love one another the New Living Translation says in Philippians 1, 9, I pray that your love will overflow, overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Don't never stop learning. Don't ever stop putting yourself in a position to learn. When you stop learning, you've basically stopped existing. That's why I say be careful what you allow those things on that television to influence you. Be careful what you let speak to you and speak into your life. Don't listen to a bunch of stuff that you know is at enmity with God and is against the things of God. I know we're living in a day when we don't like to talk about right and wrong. I know we're living in a day when we said we should not ever make anyone feel bad. Well, I'm sorry. I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but I'm gonna preach what the Word of God declares. It doesn't matter whether you like it or don't like it. I'm sorry. Get in line with the Word. Don't kill the messenger. I'm just delivering the message. But the Bible says we're to love one another. God wants us to increase in our love for one another. Now, folks, I've given this a lot of thought, and I'm of the opinion that if someone is truly in love with Jesus, and especially if one is filled with the Holy Spirit, racism will stop, period. Period. I don't believe that we could be racially prejudiced against anyone else if my heart is right with God. Well, you ought to clap your hands on that one. That's a good one. As I keep saying from time to time, there is only one race and that's the human race. And we're really showing our ignorance whenever we let it be anything else but that. So let us love one another, even as God loves us. Let us not show favoritism to someone because of this or because of that or because of the other. But let us love each other. Hallelujah. That's the will and the plan of God. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 3.13 in the Amplified And may the Lord make you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter four and verse nine. Verse 10 says, Indeed you do so toward all the brethren Who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more and more. Let us love one another, even as Jesus loved the world. Remember that great scripture that everyone loves, John 3 16, for God so loved the world. He didn't say white, southern, middle class America. And I can say that because of my lineage. But it said God loved the world. And if I'm going to be in love with the one that loves the world, then I'm going to be in love with those that are in the world. Hallelujah. I had a pastor friend of mine years ago whose son had gone off to college And he brought back with him, he brought a young lady back with him. And he said, Dad, I want to marry this young lady. He had been sending letters home. That was back before everybody had cell phones. I know that's unfathomable (laughs) to some people. He'd been writing letters to his parents and saying, I've met this wonderful young girl. And we're really making serious plans So when he came home, he brought her home with him for Christmas holidays. And he walked in the house and she was with him. This pastor said, he greeted his son, he hugged him, thanked him for being there and he turned to her and he said, young lady, I don't know you, but I love you. I love you because my son loves you. And I don't know you, but I love him. And because he loves you, then I love you too. And this is exactly what God is saying. That God loves us all. Equally and completely. There are no big I's and little U's in the kingdom of God. We're loved totally by our heavenly father. And if we're loved totally by our heavenly father and I love him, then I'm going to love totally because my heavenly father teaches me that way. I don't believe anyone is born, and I don't want to do this too much, because one of the sections that I want to deal with in the next few Sundays is the subject of racism. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about more than we're talking about it. So that's one of the things I want to deal with, so I don't want to say a whole lot about that tonight, because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, if you'll excuse the expression. Number four, God wants us to increase in strength and power. Are you tired of being that Christian that has to call on other people to do your praying for you? Are you tired of being that one? Well, let's call the pastor and see if he'll pray. Well, certainly he'll pray. But let me ask you, why are you having to call anybody? Why can't you pray the prayer of faith? Why can't you trust the Lord? Why can't you believe the Lord with all of your heart and know that what God promises in his word is going to come to pass? Now, I welcome you to call me at any time, and I will join together with you in prayer, and we will agree, and God will do some mighty things. But I want you to increase in your strength and power of the Holy Spirit so you don't have to reach out even to other people. But when somebody comes to you, you can pray the prayer of faith before them. Hallelujah. I believe that's what the Lord wants us to do. We've got too many anemic Christians. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Ah, Strength that the Lord gives us is for our service to Him, not our status. Our strength to carry on the work of the Lord. In those days, like Brother Victor was talking earlier, one of those blah days, Hey, we all have them. It doesn't matter what your job is. There are times that you just say, what in the world is going on? I feel like I am doing nothing. I feel like I'm accomplishing nothing. I feel like we're going nowhere. I, I, well, whatever. And of course, you know, he saw a sign that said, smile, God loves you. If I smile and say, God loves you, will you remember it all week long? that I smiled and I told you God loves you. So when you have that blah day this week, you remember the pastor smiled and the pastor said God loves you. But he wants you to grow in strength and power and increase more and more and more. There are Goliaths that are coming into your life there are giants that are in the land in these days. There are giants of unbelief. There are giants of, of, of agnosticism and atheism. There are giants that are trying to get you off course and following the Lord and you got to have special strength from the Lord to be able to put the giant in his place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You remember those five smooth stones that you picked up when you walked across that little brook? Glory to God. On your way to meet the giant. If David had turned and began to run in a different direction, those five stones would not have been there. But he turned and faced that giant. He said, is there not a cause? I may not be but 16 years old and I may not have anything but a little old slingshot. I may not have the armor that you've got but I've got the Lord God Almighty on my side and the same God that helped me kill the lion and the bear is the same God that will deliver me out of the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Who does he think he is? Challenging my God. Whoa! Glory to God. So that's what I'm saying to you today. When all of these things come against you, when Satan throws his biggest and hardest pitch in your direction, and you don't know which way to turn or what to do, you just stand up straight and remember those five stones that you've got. We learn later on that Goliath had four brothers. You think there's any reason why he picked up five stones? Not only can I take care of you, Goliath, but if you bring your four brothers, I've got four more stones, and I can take care of them too if I need to. That's the kind of God that we're serving today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the last one, and it must hurry along, because I want us to finish... I want us to finish what we're doing. God wants us to increase in resources and generosity. I've saved this one to last. Because most people put it first. Most people think the financial part is the biggie. You know, if I just say a few choice scriptures and I repeat them enough, then suddenly great wealth is coming my way. Folks, listen. Listen hear it from somebody that's been there, done that, seen it all, heard it all. Riches and blessings and increase comes as we walk humbly with the Lord, as we are faithful in paying our tithe and giving to the Lord what belongs to Him, and day by day by day by day, following the command of the Lord and doing what we know is right, You may not get it overnight. But you'll look back one day, you'll look and say, How in the world that I get blessed with all I've been blessed with. I'm telling you, I don't know how it happened. Look what a beautiful home that the Lord has blessed us we're living in. Look what a nice car we're driving and and look how it is we've suddenly got a few dollars in the bank and it's been so good. Well, I want to tell you just remember all those tough times when you didn't know how you were gonna make it. Remember when you were struggling trying to put clothes on your children and to put food in their mouth. And you just remember how faithful God has been and you still paid your tithes and you still went to church and you still did what you knew you should do. And now God has blessed you. And now that one grain of wheat that fell into the ground, it has produced 30 fold in some areas, 60 fold in other areas, and 100 fold in other areas. I'm telling you, God is faithful. And he wants us to increase in that way. I'm gonna quickly read three or four scriptures that then I'm gonna stop. Proverbs chapter, two, chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. <laughs> Ain't that good? I like that, that's Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. You want to be rich? The blessing of the Lord's what makes rich. And God doesn't even add the heartache that goes with it. He adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 11:24. In the message it says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller, smaller and smaller. <laughs> Look at this there is yet scattereth and yet increaseth and there is that withholdeth more that is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. He's saying the more you reach out and the more you bless others, the more God will bless you. The more you give, the more you receive. He gives seed to the who? The sower. If you're not going to sow it God's not going to give it to you. God's blessing you financially, not so you can tear down your barns and build bigger barns. God is blessing you so you can bless his kingdom, so you can bless those who are blessing him in the family of God and in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 8. He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. I'm in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, starting on verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always Look at this. I want you to see these words if you've never seen them before. I want to read this verse eight again. Then these fellows are going to start handing out the sacrament to all of you. Listen to this God is able. You hear that? God is able. God is able. He he hasn't turned his back on you. God is able. You say, Well, you just don't know what I'm going through, man. I'm, I'm losing my job, we're losing our house. You know, I I don't know what I'm going to do. God is able. Stop panicking and stand firm and true like a giant tree. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is able to make all grace abound toward who? You. That you always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. He is saying God is not going to leave any stone unturned. He's going to make you have sufficiency in all things, in every way, always. You need You need to jot that verse down and go home and read it again and let it just sink into you. God is not interested in abandoning you. He's not interested in, as they used to sing that song, He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. I'm telling you, He's a faithful God. Hallelujah. Go ahead, gentlemen. Go ahead and start handing these things out. I want to still talk a little bit. God is a faithful God and He wants you to be sufficiently blessed so that whatever area you have need in in your life, God is sufficiently able always to give you all things. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let us let the spirit of this service and the all-sufficiency of God Let it continue to dwell in our hearts as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper together.